Good morning and Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope all of you are having a good Christmas, and I pray that you are celebrating our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What an awesome day to be sharing the Word of God on the Joy FM. I believe the next Sunday that Christmas will land on is like 11 years from now. So I hope if the Lord hadn't come yet and he allows me to live 11 more years, that I'll still be right here on the Joy FM sharing the Word of God with you. But, you know, Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow. He tells us to focus on today. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on today and celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should be celebrating him every day. We need to be intentional to celebrate Jesus because he is the only one worth celebrating. He is the one who came to earth. God left heaven, came to earth in form of a baby. And he lived, and he lived a perfect life being obedient to the Father. And he died for our sins, and he rose again to give us eternal life. And we need to be celebrating that every single day. And this morning, we're going to talk about the birth of Christ. We're going to read a lot from the Bible because, hey, that's the authority. And nothing speaks better about the birth of Christ than the Bible. So we're going to read out of Matthew, out of Luke, and just pray that it's going to be a message that just celebrates him. And for those who don't have that relationship with him, I pray this message will show you how truly awesome our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is and that you'll give your life to him today. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer before we get into the day's message. Father God, we, we want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, for sending your one and only Son to this earth. It just blows our minds how you would leave the splendor of heaven and come here to earth and live like one of us. I don't think we'll fully comprehend that until we make it to heaven and see what you left to come and save us, to give us eternal life with you. Lord, you're just (laughs) mind-blowing. You are so awesome. and can't thank you enough for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for saving all who call upon your name. And as we open up your word this morning, Father God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will teach us, lead us, and guide us into all your truths. And Father, may we apply it to our lives. And God, just give us a fresh revelation this morning of how awesome you are. And I, and I do pray for those who don't know you, who haven't made that decision. I pray today is their day, Lord. And what an awesome day to make that decision. Every day, any day is an awesome day to make that decision. Lord, I pray today is the day people will give their lives to you. So Father, just bless this time. Pray you'll be glorified in it all. Give me the words to say. I want to glorify you, Father love you and I praise you and it's in your name Jesus I pray. Amen. It's hard to believe it is already Christmas and next week will be New Year's Day and wow didn't we just start 2022? (laughs) Time flies it really does and we need to make the most of time. We need to make the most of this time for Jesus. He's the one we need to live for. We need to make sure we are focusing on making sure that we are intentionally putting him first in our lives and today the title of today's message is, Don't Be Too Busy for Jesus. You know, this world is so busy, and we've all been caught up in it, and it's so easy to get caught up in this world. But we need to make sure that we put Jesus first, and let's don't be too busy for Jesus. Let's don't miss him. And so many people, as we read the gospel accounts of the birth of Christ, did miss him. And want to point that out today as we read from the Gospels, and we're going to start out in Matthew chapter 1, verses 28 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, 
was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who was conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. You know, when you think about Joseph, as you read the gospel account, what a man of faith he had to be for his fiance, which at that time, you're pretty much married at that time, but they had not been together and she comes up pregnant. He obviously was taken aback by that because he was going to, when it says put her away, he was going to divorce her, but he was going to do it quietly because she was a godly woman and he was a righteous man. But then the angel of the Lord came to him and told him what was going on and he obeyed the word of the Lord. And that is so key throughout scriptures. When when we see obedience, great things take place. And we see that in our lives. When we're obedient to God, great things take place. And Joseph was definitely obedient to God and a man of great faith. And he obeyed the word of the Lord. And wow, what a awesome, awesome time that he saw. We don't really know how long he lived during the course of Jesus' life because we don't see anything about him after Jesus was, I think, around 12 or so. But he had to have just witnessed so many wonderful things, raising Jesus, and probably, I'm sure, looking back at that time when he was thinking about divorcing Mary, and he said, you know what, praise God that I obeyed my father, and I've got to see the Messiah coming to the world, and just a fascinating, fascinating man Joseph is. And in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, we, we read more about Mary and see what an outstanding woman of God she was. And let's read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, she said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son. And you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth 
herself has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the Lord's bondservant, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. We get a very good view of Mary in these 12 verses. Mary, the angel said, had found favor with God. So she had to be a very upright, very uh, faithful, obedient child of God for her to find favor with God. And the angel tells her that. And then he goes on to tell her what's going to happen. And instead of saying, well, no way this is going to happen, she says, let it be done as the Lord has said. And so we see again, she is being obedient. She didn't fuss. She didn't fight. She didn't complain. She didn't question, except for that one question is how is this to be because she's a virgin. And the angel answered that for her. And so she said, okay, then let it be. And so we see again, obedience. And Mary became the mother of the Messiah. And how God did all of that is only God can do that. And it's hard to understand it for those out there going, how in the world? I, I, you know, I don't know. God is God and he can do whatever he wants to. He came to earth as a baby for you and for me. And, and you know, if you, you try to rationalize that, you can't. Because why would God leave the splendor of heaven where everything's perfect and come here to earth where so much is not perfect and be born as a baby of a young woman? The whole process is just mind-blowing. But Jesus loves us so much, he, he did that. He came to earth. He emptied himself. He came to earth to live like you and like me, yet he was obedient. He lived a perfect life, and he became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. But we see Joseph and Mary were very obedient. They were very faithful to the Lord our God. Because they were, these great things happened to them. It would just had to be amazing raising Jesus, knowing that this is God that we're looking at. This is the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ. This is one we've been waiting for all these years, and he is here, and we get to live with him while he's here on earth. It's awesome, but that's what obedience to God will do. Amazing things happen as we're obedient to him, and he wants to do amazing things in our lives, and he certainly did in the lives of Joseph and Mary. Now let's read what's the most popular scripture about the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that's Luke chapter 2, Luke 2, verses 1 through 19. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him, and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her first son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen him, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed about the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying God, praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Imagine being one of those shepherds. Being a shepherd wasn't the most exciting job there was. <laughs> and you really didn't want it to be too exciting because if it was exciting, that meant there was some kind of predator around or a thief maybe coming to steal some sheep. So being kind of bored was probably a good thing. But these angels appeared before these shepherds and announced the birth of the Messiah. And these angels were many says the army of angels, and they sang and they glorified God. And just imagine being the shepherds. I'm sure they were just there with that deer in the headlight look going, oh my goodness, what is going on? Wow, can you believe this is happening? And they immediately jumped up and ran to Bethlehem to find Joseph and Mary and Jesus, just like the angels told them that they would find them. And again, we see obedience here. They could have just looked at each other and went, wow, that was pretty cool, and that's pretty pretty cool the, the Savior's been born, and just went back to sitting around or sleeping, whatever they were doing. But no, they were so excited because they heard this miraculous news, and they wanted to see it for themselves, and so they rushed to Bethlehem, and, and they found Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, just like the angels said they would. And then they became, really, they became the first evangelists as they started going out and telling people what the angels had told them and what they had seen. And people were just, their minds were blown at what they were hearing these shepherds tell people. Because you also have to remember about shepherds, they were, you know, at the the bottom rung of society. Uh, It wasn't a highly sought after job and wasn't really looked at very favorably. But these shepherds are the ones. God decided to make his announcement to. And I think that's a, that's an awesome statement that God takes us common people and gives us the greatest news and wants us to go out and tell others. And the shepherds did that. They went out and they just started telling everybody. And that's what we should do. We should take their example and tell everybody about Jesus, tell everybody about what he has done for all of us, and then specifically about what he has done in our lives, because it's the greatest news ever. It's the greatest news we can tell anybody, and that's what these shepherds were doing. And again, the you know the angels announcing that Jesus, the Messiah, is is here. But we see the angel telling Joseph what's going to happen. We see uh, uh, Gabriel telling Mary what's going to happen. Now we see the angels announcing the birth of the Messiah to the shepherds and the response of the shepherds 
and the obedience all the way through the story. Again, obedience is so key in living this life for Jesus. So we read this incredible story about the birth of Jesus, and, and it's beautiful. It's mind-blowing at the same time, and it's true. That's what's so awesome. It's true. But unfortunately, so many people miss Jesus, go through life, and completely miss out on Jesus. And that's a very sad fact. And the reason why it's so sad is because, one, so many people are missing out on what life is really about. And two, if you miss out on Jesus, you won't be with him forever. You'll be separated from him forever because there is a real heaven and there is a real hell. And those who reject Jesus, that hell is the destination. Those who come to Christ, then heaven is the destination. And we got a choice there. And I want to just encourage you this morning. Don't miss Jesus. No matter how old you are, how young you are, now is the time to make sure that your heart is open to him. And so, so many people miss out on Jesus. And we have to ask, why? Why do so many people miss out on Jesus and, and just go through life without him? And a big reason is people are just too busy. Just like the innkeeper in, in Luke 2, he missed Jesus completely. I mean, there Mary was pregnant with Jesus, and the innkeeper said, we don't have any room for you. We need to look at that and say, and turn it inward and say, do we have room for Jesus in our heart? Don't be like the innkeeper. Don't push him away or shun him. Receive him. Receive him into your heart. Let him be your life because Jesus is life. And let him be your life and make room for him. Give him all your heart. Don't give him just a little piece. Give him all of your heart. And when we look at how things were back in Jesus' days and how they are today, there's really a lot of similarities. There's obviously a lot of modern technology now that wasn't available then, but there's a lot of similarities in people. A lot of people were focused on themselves, and we know that's very true today, probably even more so today than then. But people at that time, they were very much into money, very much into politics, and that's exactly how people are today, isn't it? People are so busy because everyone's trying to make that extra dollar, trying to make more and more and more money. And then people are so caught up in politics that they completely miss Jesus. They completely miss what this life is really all about. And then the politics, the money divides people, and one thing after another happens, and just completely miss out on Jesus. And today we can add more sports and entertainment. Uh, not that they didn't have that then, but we have a whole lot more sports and entertainment now than we did then. And so people just running and running and running, making that money so they can be entertained, so they can have more stuff. That's not what life is about. It sounds good. Hey, you know, more money sounds good. And I definitely have no, I have no problem with people making money because you know, money can be a very good thing. There's a lot of work we can do for the kingdom of God with finances. And, and we need finances to do that work. But when that becomes the sole purpose of a person's life, that's a very sad life. And the inn was full that night. And that meant the innkeeper business was good. He was making good money, I'm sure. But he missed out on what's more important. And that's Jesus Christ. The innkeeper and everyone else, they were all too busy and they missed out. 
except for the shepherds. The shepherds didn't miss out. They weren't too busy. They saw the Messiah, and they went out and told people about him. But thinking about how busy everybody is then and now, and how that busyness and that chasing money and and chasing power, how that leads us to miss out on Jesus, reminds me of Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. And let's read that. And he summoned the crowd together with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it benefit a person to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what could a person give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. What does it profit a person to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? And that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Are we forfeiting our soul for other things? Are we too busy trying to make that next dollar, trying to get more power, that we're missing out on what's most important? For it's like Jesus says, what could a person give in exchange for a soul? We all have a soul. And when these bodies die, that soul is going somewhere. It's going to heaven or it's going to hell. So that's why I'm constantly encouraging people to give your life to Jesus. And he says that you know we need to deny ourselves. We need to lay down all that stuff and look to him and follow him. I like a devotional that Max Lucado wrote. It's called Make Room, and I want to read it to you. It's a short devotional. Max writes, Some of the saddest words on earth are, We don't have room for you. Jesus knew the sounds of those words. He was still in Mary's womb when the innkeeper said, We don't have room for you. And when he hung on the cross, wasn't the message one of utter rejection? We don't have room for you in this world. Today, Jesus is given the same treatment. He goes from heart to heart, asking if he might enter. Every so often, he's welcomed. Someone throws open the door of his or her heart and invites him in to stay. And to that person, Jesus gives this great promise. In my Father's house are many rooms, in John 14, verse 2. We make room for him in our hearts, and Jesus makes room for us in his house. Have you made room for Jesus in your heart? Or are you too busy? If you're too busy, you need to just stop and consider Jesus and consider the words of the gospel that proclaims the Messiah, the Savior of mankind, has come. And he's come for each one of us. You see, the, the fact of the matter is that God created us to have a personal relationship with him. Go all the way back to Genesis, and we see Adam and Eve in the garden with the Father. And that relationship is what God wants with each one of us. But then we know Satan came in and tempted Eve, and she ate of the fruit, the forbidden fruit, and then gave it to Adam, and he ate of it. So they were disobedient to God. And disobedience to God is what we call sin. And we are all just like Adam and Eve. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But praise be to God, he made a way for us to come back to him. And that's Jesus. So Jesus came, and he was born of the Virgin Mary. And he grew up, and he lived a perfect, sinless life. And when that day came for him to be crucified, to be sacrificed for our sins is what happened. He was the perfect lamb, the perfect lamb of God, unblemished, 
And he died on that cross for you. He died on that cross for me. And because he did what he did, we get to receive his forgiveness. He saved us from the wrath of God, and we get to receive his righteousness. Because, see, we don't have righteousness in and of ourselves. To stand in front of a holy, righteous God, we can't do it. But through Jesus, we can because when God, when we give our lives to Jesus, surrender our lives to him, God looks at us as though we have never sinned. And see, Jesus, when he was on that cross, he took on all of our sins. So it was like he took the punishment. He did. He took the punishment for all of us. It was like he committed all those sins, though he didn't. He did it for you and for me. I equate it to something like this. Say you're standing in front of a judge in a courtroom. You've committed a crime, and you're given the death penalty. And then someone walks into that courtroom and stands before the judge and says, Judge, Your Honor, I want to be put to death in his place or in her place. And the judge says, Okay. But in an even greater way, that's what Jesus did for us. He bore our sins on that cross. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us his righteousness. So now we can come before the righteous and holy God and be accepted and have that personal relationship that he created us to have, that he wants to have with us. The beautiful thing is, is the story doesn't end there. If, if you stop at the manger, you're, you're, missing, you're missing everything. If you stop at the cross, you're, you're still missing everything. Go three days later when God raised Jesus from the dead, conquering death, Satan, and sin at one time. And because Jesus lives, we can live also. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you have eternal life? You can. And you can know it. Because the word of God says we can. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that we confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. We shall be saved. So I want to ask you this morning. Do you want eternal life? Do you want to say, God, I know I've been too busy. And just talk to him like that. God, I know I've been too busy for you. Forgive me. I want to turn to you now. I repent of my sins. I turn to you and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord. I know, I believe with all my heart that you died on that cross for me. And I believe with all my heart that on the third day you rose from that grave, coming back to life, conquering death, sin, and Satan and given eternal life to all who believe in forgiveness of sin. Oh, Jesus, I want you. Save me, forgive me, give me eternal life. I give my life to you. Fill me with your spirit and help me every day to live for you. Just call out to God. He'll meet you right where you're at, and he'll come in, and he'll save your soul and give you eternal life. Praise be to God. What an awesome God we serve the one and only true Most High God. And the only way to him is through Jesus, his son. So I encourage you today, call out to him and let somebody know that you did. If you'd like, you could call us at Love and Action at 334-494-4995. Or you can email me at ken.tuck 
at loveinactionministries.com. And I'd love to give you some next steps as well. Jesus is awesome, and he's worthy to be praised. And let's give him praise today and every day, and let's celebrate him every single day. Well, I want to thank you for joining me on this Christmas morning. I hope you have a Jesus-filled Christmas, a Jesus-filled holiday, a Jesus-filled 2023 as we're about to round the corner and head down the home stretch of 2022 and welcome in a new year. Let's welcome it in, living for Jesus, and let's make sure that 2023 is our best year ever for living for Jesus. Let's be determined to be great commission Christians. Well, God bless you, everybody. Remember that Jesus loves you so much. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.